Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 56 of the Super Reformed Bros Podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Jackson. We're bros. And we're reformed. Super Reformed. And Jackson, my question for you is, uh, if you were at the um, store oh, and I don't you're in line, <laughs> yeah, I know you do, and the person, you're buying a jug of milk and the person says, do you want it in a bag? What do you say? Do you, you go a with? long answer or a short answer? Give me a short answer. No. No, not in the bag. I you just no. carry it. I say no because I'm going to go put it in a cooler bag anyway huh? when I get out to the car. Uh, I'm not going to let it sit there and get warm. I don't feel like um, that matters. Because if they're putting it in a bag for you... No, I figure why put that it... That bag's not... Why put it in a bag when I'm just going to take it out of the bag? Oh, wait. Hold off. <laughs> you can put the that's whole bag... Never mind. No, you know no, no, what? no, it's no, fine. no. Because then there's going to be groceries on Terrible top of answer, it. Terrible answer, but that's fine. Then there's going to be groceries on top of it. And then I'm going to have to take all the groceries out in order to get to the jug of milk You're at the assuming you have other groceries, in. but whatever. Okay. It's fine, Jackson. Well, go ahead. If I'm just getting that, of course I'm not going to put it in a bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Anyway. Um, Alex, if you could only listen to one genre of music for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh, one genre. I guess I'd go with, like, ooh, alternative, because that encompasses a lot of different genres, kind of. Right? No, alternative Doesn't is its it? own genre. So. Yeah, but it kind of has a lot of different... There could be alternative that sounds... Alternative? Alternative, okay. yes. Good good point. Good I guess point. I'd go with alternative. All right. There's so many specific genres now, though. Like, I think there's probably alternative Indie, rock, rock and alternative punk, rock punk rap, and yeah, rap. Hip-hop, rap. Rap punk. punk. I don't know why I keep saying punk. <laughs> there is. They they literally they have like a, an infinite amount of genres. So that's that's difficult. But that's what I'd probably go with. All right, guys. Uh, this week we have a very special guest on. Uh, the author of the Sound Doctrine of Theocracy, and he's the chairman of the Mid Atlantic Reformation Society. Luke Saint, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me on, Alex and Jackson. I appreciate it. Yeah, uh, we really appreciate you coming on. Looking forward to it. Um, so to start off, we got to do what we always do with every one of our guests. Well, nearly every one of our guests. I guess we haven't done it with everyone, but we've got to ask you the famous, infamous. oh, famous and infamous both seven questions. Um, so one might say notorious. Yeah, I I will start. Um, and you know, just prepare yourself. Okay. <clears throat> Oh, this is going to get real deep. <laughs> yeah, really deep. What are your top three favorite movies, Luke? Oh, um, that's, uh, I mean, I, I have to go with uh, The Lord of the Rings, Fuck of the Ring of the One. Oh, you can, uh, by the way, sorry, just Lord to clarify. Lord of the Rings, we count all three. You can put the trilogy in if you want. If you'd rather just do the first one, that's okay. But you can put the trilogy okay. just as one. All right, all right. Uh, I'll, yeah, the trilogy, absolutely, number one. Number Perfect. two, The Matrix. Oh, The Matrix, um, okay. Followed by, I would say, if we're putting trilogies, if we're allowed to put trilogies in, trilogies in um, I have to go with the Ocean's Eleven series. Whoa. I think. That, really? Whoa. Yes. Yes. That's kind of out of left field. I feel like I was expecting uh, really anything else. I don't know. No. <laughs> Wait. So, so that's not. That wouldn't be including the original. No, I'm not talking about the one from like 1956 with Frank Sinatra. I'm not talking right. about that. I'm talking about. I'm not talking about Ocean's Eight. No. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. Because that's the one with yeah, all the women, about, right? Yes, that's the silly remake nonsense. That, 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 don't even say that movie to me. I'm, I'm <laughs> frustrated that movie even came into my mind. It doesn't exist. Um, 
<laughs> it's, it's Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve, and Ocean's Thirteen. Okay, yeah, that that's like those 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 three films are like 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 let's say my wife has to like you know go to someone's house and it's just me in the house and I and uh you know I got my McDonald's and oh uh, uh, yeah I watch I'm like oh okay I'm gonna go back and watch these these are like ones that I like to uh, to leave on I, I think they're 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 incredibly funny to me and they're I just I think so well done that's so, so interesting I, I, I get really philosophical about them. <laughs> I've it, the funny thing is like I I know of them and I, but I've never heard anyone like talk about them like literally never heard anyone ever like I think Jackson right. I think a couple years ago maybe maybe ten or fifteen years ago you wouldn't hear me give them such high praise but okay but the fact that they were made before they started preaching everybody they've they've aged very well okay okay before they started preaching everyone about like hey you're all white people are racist and all yeah. men are paid, blah 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 blah. They're they're so refreshing to go back and watch it, and right. just to realize that you know what you don't need to have your guard up, um, like if, like uh, you know uh, philosophically you don't have to have your guard up because you're not going to get preached at. It's yeah. just they're just really entertaining, funny yeah. movie. Uh, with and I mean, uh, I mean the the camaraderie and the way that you can get a lot of egos in the room. I mean, you're talking about Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Matt Damon. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Casey Affleck, uh, you know, a lot of big names together in the same room. And they're, the way that they interact with each other is, is so interesting and funny. Um, and, and, and it's, I mean, it's really a guy movie. Like, I understand, mm-hmm. like, a lot of women probably won't like it. I mean, there's a scene, I think, in the first one where Matt Damon actually talked about this with uh, my brother-in-law a lot because we, we both think it's so funny. But it speaks to men. It speaks to men. In, in because we've all experienced this as men. There's a scene where they're they're talking about knocking over a casino, mm-hmm. and Matt Damon's the new guy. He's like a guy who's got to prove himself, and uh, he's kind of like on his guard because he doesn't know these people. Everyone knows each other. He's the only he's the only new one in there, and they're talking about knocking over a casino, and um, they're like, okay, so here's the plan. We're gonna go in. We're gonna do this, and they kind of give it like an elaborate plan. And Matt Damon tries to sum it up, and he says, okay, so a typical smash and grab, right? And then Brad Pitt turns around and in front of everyone, he kind of gives him the sar- sarcastic look. He goes, "It's a little more complicated than that, right?" And and, uh-huh. and that game like Damon's like, "Oh yeah, well yeah, I know, you know, I, I know, uh, you know, I knew that." And and I'm like watching that. I'm like, I think every guy to, in the passage of manhood, you have to go through a situation like that. We're trying to like impress everybody, but then you get put in your place. And you try right. to get out of your place, but then someone puts you back into your place. Yeah. It's real embarrassing. And, and it's the kind of thing that like you wake up at three o'clock in the morning remembering. Or like, oh, yeah. you're about to go to sleep and then you remember you're like, Oh, I did this something so stupid. You know, and <laughs> Oh yeah. I, I, that's not exclusive to men, but in that situation and you know, I think every guy has been in a situation made a complete fool of themselves in front of other guys that they're trying to impress. Absolutely. And, they, and then that movie they just did so well. They just did so well. Interesting. Yeah, and that might happen, like you said, that might happen to women. But yeah, I think it's probably something that men probably dwell on a lot more. Like, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I know what you mean. It's like, and Jackson, uh, you just recently watched the original Oceans. I did. I haven't. 11, yeah, I haven't seen is, the new ones. So it's the same. It's the same concept, right? But but like, are the um, are is it the same characters from the original or not? I mean, I, I would assume I Ocean. I don't think. I think Ocean is the only. Danny okay. Ocean is the only original. I think okay. they might have other ones. But there's a lot of Easter eggs in in the trilogy. For okay. example, third one, um, he's talking to Al Pacino, and uh, okay. Al Pacino's villain. And what he says to him, 
uh, like Al Pacino's like, hey, uh, what do you want? What do you, what do you, what do you want with me? You know, kind of thing. And George mm-hmm. uh, Clooney says, uh, what I want, what's most important to me is, you know, and, he's, and he goes on. But, but that's actually a phrase that's Al Pacino says in The Godfather Part 1 when he's sitting with the Turk and with uh, McCluskey. Uh, oh, okay. he's, about to, he's about to kill them uh, when, he, when, he, when, he, when he busts out of Italian they're talking Italian and then Al Pacino's like suddenly in English he's like what I want, what's most important to me is that my father is safe and yeah. it's like it's an easter egg if you don't know that quote you don't know that George Clooney says it right back to him and I think that was deliberate, that was on purpose because it doesn't make sense otherwise That's inter- so, I, thought but- you, I thought you were saying like it's a callback to the original but that's even more interesting that it's from a completely different movie like yeah that's that's an interesting idea huh you don't see yeah. much okay. i think it was a, it was a it was a tribute to al pacino right yeah, yeah. that's, that's what that's really yeah that's cool um yeah. okay check those okay, out sometime. question question two um which is your favorite ice cream cake or ice cream cake uh oh man that's a tough one so that's three options i gotta go with ice cream cake on that one and here's why wow um, mm. ice cake because there's ice cream cake and then there's ice cream cake. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah, the ice cream cake, I think has certain things that are superior to the ice cream cake when the ice cream cake is served. And then the ice cream cake, you get, you get the two choices. I think the ice cream cake is just superior to the ice cream cake. <laughs> My feelings. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, yeah. So wait. You so you choose ice cream cake. Is that what you're saying instead of ice cream? I know it's. I, well, uh, listen, hey. I know it's controversial. <laughs> I know it is. But I'm standing my ground. I'm not sorry. I'm not backing down on this one. It's ice cream cake by a mile. <laughs> you know, I'm not sorry about it. Like, ask me tomorrow. I'll say the same thing. It's ice cream cake. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Um. Uh, uh, yeah. I'll say good choice. Good choice. Um, what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you, or or just a crazy story in general? Something, Something that insane. doesn't happen to everyone every yeah. day. Uh, if you're just an ordinary guy, that's okay too. I, I, you know, my my life has been pretty ordinary. Um, I think there was one time I had the cops called on me uh, oh because I looked because I looked scary. I was <gasps> I was hiding. I was hiding, uh, my friends were walking down the street and I ran ahead of them and, uh, to the house and I was, I was dressed all in black. We were just playing Frisbee, but I was just play, dressed all in black and I was waiting for them to walk down the street. And I was going to jump out in front of everyone and scare them. And I was waiting for like 15 minutes. I was like, where are these guys? What I didn't know was they, they'd gone around the block and walked into the house from the back. So I was just standing there like a knucklehead, for like 15 oh minutes, cautiously looking down the, the, the road that I was hiding, cautiously looking down the road, waiting for them to come out. And then this car pulls up in a parking space right in front of me, and they won't get out of the car. I'm like, who are these people? I don't know. Whatever. I keep looking down the street. Next thing you know, I, I just like walk back around the house, and I go back inside. I'm like, oh, you guys walk in. Like, okay, well, that's dumb. Oh, you guys walk inside. I was going to show up, and they're like, where were you? And I was like, never mind. And then... Uh, uh, a couple of minutes later, the cops show up at the house, and they're like, "We were called here because of a suspicious person." I was like, "What?" And, and everyone like calls me over, like, "Look, it was you." And then I was like, okay. "They're like, well, we want to take down your information just in case." And I was like, "Sure, here's my information." You know, but the people, the people who had pulled up in the parking spot, 
I guess they saw me and they got afraid that I was some sort of thief hiding in the <laughs> oh I don't know. Uh, and then they called the cops on me. So, man. Uh, that's anyway, so where were you specifically? You were like on the at the side of the house. Uh, I was out in front of the house. Okay, I was actually out in front. I mean, I mean, it was it was a row home apartment. So I was in front of a bunch of a bunch of houses on the street. <laughs> so you're just standing you know? there. I'm standing there. I'm looking down the street cautiously, uh. hiding. You know, and so they called the cops on me, like, it was a drug dealer, you know, kind of a thing. That's, uh, that's hilarious. I love it. That's so funny. <laughs> All right. Um, question four. Uh, what's an irrational fear that you have? Or do you have an irrational uh, fear? Uh, I do have irrational fear. I do not like other people uh, cutting my toenails. <laughs> I, if you've seen, like... I mean, I, I go under undergo a complete change of character whenever my wife is like, here, you know, let me cut your toenails. And actually, it's, it's actually been beneficial to me because I cut my toenails more often now because I don't want my wife doing it. And I didn't realize it until, you know, we got married and she's like, okay, I'm going to cut your toenails. And I was like, I, I don't like this. Because all I can imagine, all I can imagine, and again, this is a rational fear. All I can imagine is her just like grabbing the skin and just like yeah. you know, just tearing out everything. Oh, yeah. And, and I can't, I can't. If someone's holding my toes, man, I, I feel like I'm completely at their mercy. You know, it's funny. That's the most like unique, I think, irrational fear that we've gotten, at least in my opinion. And I kind of fully understand what you're saying i mean i i haven't had anyone cut my toenails yeah well that's why in recent years but i do remember when i was young and my mom used to cut my toenails it did kind of freak me out like i was yeah, always afraid true. she was gonna clip my skin because yeah. it's like right. you don't know unless you're right. actually doing it, it you know you can feel the force that those clippers are doing yeah There's a force there and you're like if that gets the wrong thing it is gonna hurt like yeah crazy. yeah and even if she isn't trying to hurt you she can't right. feel, yeah. She can't feel what you yeah, feel. She yeah, can't feel what you're feeling. Exactly. Mm, that's a good point. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I love that. Okay. Uh, what's the most delicious food you've ever eaten? The most delicious food I've ever eaten. Um, you know, uh, I got two answers for that. Um, okay. Uh, there's there's the basic most delicious food that every time I eat it, it just just I just keep going back. Oh yeah. You know, it just never failed me. And that's okay. the McDonald's double cheeseburger. It's Whoa. just never, never failed me. Whoa. Um, total comfort how, food. How has it... I mean, that, that... You mean other than the first time that you ate it and every time since then, right? Whoa, yeah. Jackson. Jackson, yeah. Jack, you're saying... No, 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 I'm saying... I'm saying it's only... It's failed you the first time and every other time, but other Dude, than that, that's Jackson, what you're saying. Other Jackson, than that, it's never on. failed you, right? It's never failed me um, from the first time I ate it to uh, the the last time I ate it, which was like maybe a couple weeks ago. You're sure about yeah. that? We're, we're talking about the same McDonald's. We're talking about the same McDonald's. Um, you know, made famous by Ray Kroc, and you know, started by the McDonald's brothers and all that kind of stuff. Wow, Jackson, wow. you're. Uh, I'm in shock. You're okay, Jackson. I'm breathe, in shock. You, you know those? They're frozen. They're frozen, Luke. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, ice cream cake is frozen too, but you don't feel fine about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's great okay so yeah what was the other what's the other one the other one i mean like when when all of the uh like you know i feel like the ex the fireworks are blowing up in my brain and all that kind of stuff yeah um do you guys have mission barbecue down there yeah we do uh their moist brisket sandwich uh with uh smoky mountain uh sauce whenever i bite into that dude the fireworks just they just they wow. go oh, like ratatouille time. Yes, exactly. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. Uh, just the jazz band going Everything off interesting. Sudden, I don't think I've ever inspired and you know I start writing music and I think I got a uh, I think I got a gift card once to Mission Barbecue and I never, never used it. Never went. <laughs> it was like years ago. So Send it to me. <laughs> so you can't could could you choose one over the other or not? Is it impossible for you? If you were to ask me when I'm like super hungry, which would I rather have? I would rather have the uh, uh, the Mission Barbecue moist brisket sandwich. But well, if you could only eat, say, if you could only eat one for the rest of your no, no, life, no, I like this. I like this oh, okay. better. Last meal that you can have ever. Would it Last be? Last meal. Would it be which one? I would probably go with. Uh, again, the mm-hmm. um, Mission Barbecue because yeah. if if it was last meal and I ate the McDonald the, the McDonald's double cheeseburger, uh, I'd probably get like emotional. Like you know, I'd be like my whole life would flash before my eyes. You know? Oh yeah. Oh, and, man. You know, if, if you ever you know like William Wallace, you know, you, you got to have your wits about you when when you, when it's your last meal. So, right. Okay. I you know I can't I don't have time to get emotional about my life you know so I would go with the uh, Smoky Mountain uh, with the uh, uh, moist person. Did you ever hear, hear of the guy who's eaten the Big Mac every every day. single day? Yeah, yeah, except for two days he got sick. Two days He's is that twice. true? Okay, I yeah. didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's expected. Two days when he was sick. Yeah. Yeah, it's expected for him to be sick when he's eating just a. He seems like like they say he's not so like he's in bad. No, yeah, he's healthy. Not bad health or anything I mean, like he's that. getting his vegetables his meats his grains yes yeah i mean and that guy practically invented the phrase uh i got the receipts you know i got the receipts to prove it you know uh-huh, yeah um, uh but actually i i i read somewhere uh somebody said that you know at, there was a time when the most healthy thing that you could eat in the world was a mcdonald's mcdouble and here's why they're not saying it's the most in its quality what they're saying was for the money you spend, if you had one ah. back during the days of the, I don't know if you guys remember the dollar menu, but McDonald's used to have the dollar menu. Right, right. And and you could just go and load up on burgers for, you know, like $10. You get 10 burgers, dude. It was, it was, it was wild. Yeah. What a time to be wild. And uh, like I would go to my friend's house and we'd do like a game night, you know, and I would just bring a whole bag of McDonald's. We'd just eat them all night. You know, it was awesome. Wow. Um, but he was saying the, the most nutrients versus the money you spend. Um, the, 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 the best bang for your buck is McDonald's McDouble. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I never really thought about that. Man. I don't, I don't know if that's true anymore. Because oh, right. Like four bucks. Right. They're yeah. so expensive now, but yeah, that's, yeah. that's interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. Question six. Uh, if you could erase one thing from existence, what would it be? Sugar cookies. No question. In my mind. Oh, that's that. I like that. Yeah. I like that answer. No, no, that's no. A that's one. that's a great. That's a great answer. Uh, definitely the by far the worst cookie ever invented. Um, yes. Um. We we've we've moved on. Uh. In our dessert evolution, we did <laughs> a better thing. And uh, every year it's the same thing with sugar cookies. Uh. At Christmas time, what happens is is everyone gets excited. Oh boy, sugar cookie making time, and everyone gets excited about making sugar cookies because yeah. here's where I, I admit it. Sugar cookies are fun to make. They're oh, fun yeah. to decorate. But nobody eats them. Yeah. Nobody eats them because we go, what happens? This is what happens. We go to the cookie exchange. Everyone brings sugar cookies. Then there's that knucklehead who brings chocolate chip cookies, right? But the first thing to go every single time is the chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. But at the end of the night, they're handing out the sugar cookies. Here, take some, take some, take some. Nobody does that with chocolate chip cookies. Nobody. We nope. don't do that. 
everyone wants a chocolate chip cookie, but we make sugar cookies every year. And so what happens <laughs> is we, 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 we have fun and we get excited and we get fooled in this false sense of security that what we're doing is a good thing. Uh, no, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. We it's should not be making thing. sugar cookies. We've moved on. The chocolate chip cookie is superior. And you know what? You know what? And, and then there's also that person in the room. This is what happens every single time. And this is also the, the reason why the old-fashioned donut has caused more tears, more breakups, more bad relationships. The plain donut has caused that because what happens is there's always some knucklehead in the office or at the workplace going, I like old-fashioned donuts. And so what happens is, that you, you buy a dozen donuts, you bring them to the job site, you ask for one old-fashioned donut, and that knucklehead who says he likes old-fashioned donuts realizes, you know what's better than an old-fashioned donut? is a double chocolate donut. So he takes a double chocolate donut, and by the time you get there, guess what's left? is a plain donut. And you're like, I don't want this. This is ridiculous. This is insane. And this is asinine. And so, and so you're so mad. Your day is ruined because you're looking forward to that donut. Okay? And so that's what it is for sugar cookies. Somebody always makes sugar cookies, and there's a person in the room. Well, I like sugar cookies. And my question for you here's my thing. Okay, here it is. Look, I'm just getting started on this. Listen. Okay, sugar cookies. Here it is. Preach. I like sugar cookies. Okay, you like sugar cookies. Great. What do you like them with? Oh, I like them with coffee. Okay, if there was no coffee, would you like the sugar cookies? Answer is no. No, I wouldn't. No, you don't need anything for a chocolate chip cookie. You just eat it by itself. Yeah, and, right. And, they, the, off, well, I like sugar cookies plain. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know what? I like water. Let's talk about water. Let's talk about water. Let's talk about water. I love water. I love drinking water. But when I go to the liquid exchange, I don't take your bottle of wine and give you a gallon of water and call it a fair trade. Now, do I? <laughs> okay, so, I mean, I guess there's a reason they're only made at a certain time of the year, right? That's why, because... <clears throat> Majority of people. That tradition needs to end. I love traditions. Yeah, I'm traditional guy. Let's talk about traditions. That needs to end. Maybe start decorating the chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> that would be good. That's the problem. It's like, can you? Is that even possible? Dude, you put chocolate chips in a certain design on the the cookie. But then it's not. It's a. It's a cookie. It's a sugar cookie with chocolate chips no, on top. No, no. Then have cookies. a sugar cookie decorating contest. Right. Just make one and make the rest chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. But come on, we Make always come home to it. There's a bag of sugar cookies, and nobody eats them. You're tossing yeah, to the chickens true. by the end of the night. Yeah, yeah. and then and then and the chickens hate them too. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I bet you they're just mad. You're like, oh man, where are we get some chocolate chip cookies right here? I guess this. <laughs> also, the fact that it's named a sugar cookie, Ugh. like that's the you've got like a chocolate chip cookie. Oh, it's got chocolate in it, and then you got like a ginger snap. Even oh, it's got ginger. I don't like ginger and snaps then either. You got. A sugar cookie. It's like, okay, all cookies have sugar in them, though, guys. I don't like cookies right. that are, like, crunchy. You well, know? that's another thing is sugar cookies are almost always, the texture is almost always terrible. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's true. It's very rare when you get a nice, soft yeah. sugar cookie. Yeah. It's very, very rare. rare. Yeah, but, but even, even the flavors, flavors, like, why don't you yeah. just put chocolate chips into this and make this, like, <laughs> ten times better? Right. You know, why not? Yeah, take right. the why? sugar off the top or whatever they put and just... Mm. Yeah, drain Man. it in chocolate chips. I, I've actually, I've actually started a collection um, of pictures that I take in my life when I go to stores and they give the sugar cookie option and they give the chocolate chip cookie option. And I'm not joking, you dude. I mean, I, I have a collection of many pictures where the chocolate chip cookies are gone. They're just gone, and there's a whole bunch of sugar chip cookies. And I'm like, why are we making them? Just make the chocolate. You have any disappointed feet came through here looking for a chocolate chip cookie? And don't even get me started on the danger and 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 the destruction that the ra the oatmeal raisin cookies have started. 
that's the uh, one crisis at a time, man. One crisis at a time. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> we'll have to have you on next time to discuss discuss that. Uh, that that seems like a whole topic, like for an In episode. And of itself, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, that's a good answer. Um, and this is the final of our seven questions um, that we ask every guest. Could you uh, quickly just ask Jeff Durbin to come on our podcast for us right now? I don't know him personally. But we could have, just so we just, have it recorded. No, just, yeah, just ask him. Uh, we know he's listening to the podcast. Well, so just... yeah, exactly. We know he listens every week. And so we figure if we get enough people, eventually he'll break down and do it. Dear Jeffrey, <laughs> how are you? I am fine. <laughs> Is he writing a letter? Was wondering <laughs> we didn't... if you could come on to the Super Reform Bros podcast. It would make me so happy. Dude, no way. Appreciate your time. Luke, D.S. Say hi to Doctor White for me. Okay, there it is. It's done. Perfect. Okay, yeah, we we meant we meant just asking him on the podcast, but, but that works. That works. I don't know why we don't ask everyone to type out emails. Alex. I know why isn't that? What the have question? we been thinking? I don't know. We've been asking. Imagine to... if he just got billions of letters, just of saying people. go on the Super Reform Bros podcast. Eventually, he'd be like, "What is this? Like yeah. a cult?" Um, it kind of is. Well, thank you for asking him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you guys end up on cultish instead of a <laughs> right, Exactly. Right. Not our goal. We don't want that. Way. We don't want that. Um, awesome. All right. Well, that was the conclusion of the seven questions, and now we can move into our actual topic of the episode, which is your book, Luke, uh, "The Sound Doctrine of Theocracy." So, uh, you wrote this. When when did it come out? It last year. Last right. year. Yeah, it's been out for now for about a year. Okay. Have you written any other books? No. Okay. My first one. First book, and you decided to talk about theocracy, huh? What yes. sparked that? Why Why theocracy? I uh, was getting a little frustrated with... Um, I, w- I want to say frustrated, but I, I felt like the theonomists were not being consistent with their application of God's law. Or okay. I, I don't want to say consistent, but nobody was talking about, okay, if if we were going to do this, what would it look like? Right. We cannot, you know, a lot of theonomists would 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 conclude the Constitution after arguing for God's law. And I was hmm. thinking to myself, I don't think that makes sense because the Constitution doesn't tell us to do government the way God tells us to do government. Hmm. Um so there were some 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 presuppositional statements that I came to that I came to understand uh, before I wrote this book, and I realized that the theonomists were a lot of them were just saying, "Well, we need to go back to God's law, so let's get back to the Constitution." And I'm like, "No, uh, <laughs> we, we can't we can't do that. We, right. We've we, you know we're semper reformanda around here. We we can't we can't try to bring the." Um, the focus back onto the constitution. Now, many people out there are, are in government offices and a lot of people like, especially lobbyists and, you know, a lot of those guys that, um, 
and abortion now and free the states and those cats out there they're they're putting they're using the system to try and end abortion mm-hmm. and so I, I can you still do justice in this crooked system the answer is yes so i don't mm-hmm. want to get in your way but the question came in my mind what if there was a reverse rapture tomorrow and all the wicked people were taken and all the righteous were left would we if we were given an opportunity like here okay we'll set up a government would we have the know-how or the spiritual maturity or the biblical knowledge and insight to be like, okay, here's where we went wrong in the Constitution, so let's fix it and make sure it doesn't happen again. Would right. we know how to do that? Or would we be like, okay, three branches of government, and let's just, let's just photocopy the, the, uh, the Constitution again and, and do it all over. And then we'd, be back, we'd probably be back in the same position uh, a lot more quickly because, as we talked about before on the uh, – just a couple days ago on the Lancaster Patriot podcast, um, the, the argument was put forth that the success of America was not because of the Constitution, but because of the spiritual capital left to us by the Puritans, that there was mm. a godly, righteous generation. And at that point, I'm not sure like, it, I'm not sure how much it mattered, what kind of government they had because they were so godly and righteous, you would have had peace and prosperity for a long time. Yeah. Um, in fact, the longest period of peace in American history was observed by the Puritans, uh, between them and the Indians, they didn't have a war for 60 years. Uh, that, that's the longest period of peace in American history. But if you look at American history after the Puritans, we have definitely have not gone 60 years without having a war. We've had a war like every 20, every 40 years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to go a generation. I don't know if there was a single generation that grew up without a war. Um, you know, there's always a little war here, big war there, whatever. We're, we're fighting people all the time. Right. So, um, so are you, you're saying that people essentially you've seen a lot of theonomists or people that claim to be theonomists really not value scripture as the ultimate authority on government on the form of government on the form. They would say, yes, yes. Christ is king of the uh, Christ is king on the government of the government. Christ is Lord of the state. But, but what, I mean, and I don't want to say it's because nobody was addressing it or it's because they haven't thought about it. I'm not going to say why, Mm -hmm. but I, I, I wrote this book because I felt like, um, I, somebody needed to say, okay, listen, all right, let's 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 stop um, telling America what they're doing wrong and push America to, okay, where should we go from here? If if we're going to set up a new government and we want to do God's law, you can't you can't embrace theonomy without embracing theocracy. Um, and and I use that term, the biblical theocracy, as, as set up in Exodus eighteen, uh, where Jethro says to Moses, set up. Rule of judges of ten and judges mm-hmm. of fifty and judges of a hundred, and and whatever the most difficult cases are going to get to you, but the so- smaller cases they'll solve themselves, and in that way they only interacted with God's law. They didn't create a new law. There was no legislative branch. Uh, the executive branch was primarily your neighbor. That's who your neighbor was. The person bringing you to court, and then um, the uh, the judges would judge between them, and sometimes the judges would carry out the sentence, and sometimes the accusers would carry out the sentence. Um, and and when I when I when I read that, and then I started to read Psalm one nineteen, where the psalmist keeps on saying, "Look, I mean, your law is the greatest thing since sliced bread." I just can't. I mean, he, right. he even says he even says, "I lift my hands to your commandments." I lift my hands like he's basically we're saying I worship your commandments and uh, and right before it in Psalm Psalm 19 it says the law of the Lord is perfect and so given those statements and the fact that um, God keeps telling Israel I want you guys to do justice 
Would you guys just please do justice? Let justice roll down like water. I'm tired of your celebrations. I'm tired of your worship. I want you to do justice and righteousness in your society. That's what's important to me. And uh, I, I thought to myself, well, they don't have three branches of government, so how could they possibly do justice? They don't have the legislative branch and the executive branch hmm. and the Constitution. So it's impossible, right? They can't do justice because they don't have the, the our, our great experiment form of government. And then, I mean, as quickly as that thought came, it went away because I realized, well, if God thinks that they had enough information to do justice with the law that they had, his, his, his complete law, Genesis through Deuteronomy, if he expected them to do justice with that, um, then he probably expects us to do the same thing. Right. I, I mean, I, I don't say probably, he does. In First uh, First Timothy, Paul brings in the law again and says the law is not the law is good if it is used lawfully. He didn't say the law was good. He says the law is good if it is used lawfully. Hmm. The law is not laid down for the just but for the unjust against the wicked. He starts going through what are crimes. He starts to go through all these crimes, and he, to him, it's still a crime. But how do I use if if I say well we don't need to you know punish murderers or pedophiles anymore? Then how do I use the law lawfully against them? How how can I do that, Paul? If it's no, if I can't use it anymore, but Paul's still expecting people to use it lawfully. Hmm. And 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 Peter, Second Peter chapter one says, um, his divine power has given to us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Right. Everything. Everything. Peter. Everything. Really. And and that's what Peter thought. He's like, yeah, you got everything for life and godliness. And I would hope that justice falls into that purview. And. Uh, what, what, what a legislator in our American system presupposes is that verse is not true. We don't have enough. What we need is a new law. We need new insight where God has not given us insight. What we need is new penalties where God has not given penalties. What we need are new sins where God has not said this is a sin. What we need are new crimes where God has said this is not a crime. Uh, a legislator says that uh, presupposes the idea that God's law is not complete, but we need more insight. We need more uh, lawmakers, we need more politicians to tell us what God forgot to give us. Uh, because we can't do justice unless we have a, a legislative body. So the presuppositional argument uh, is actually against a legislative uh, legislature um, because a legislature presupposes that God's law is not complete to do justice with what we have. Okay. So an interesting thing here is so so you and this is I read your book. I didn't I didn't finish the whole thing, but I uh, I am like halfway through. Um, and an interesting, I, interesting thing I did notice is what you're saying is, you know, like, uh, yeah, there are a lot less laws in the old Testament, right. Than there are nowadays, like in, in America, there, there are an insane, you know, amount of laws that we have are required to follow. Um, and the way you talk about it is like people, a lot of times think, man, you know, we'd have to follow all those laws in the Old Testament, and you know, like that's that's a ridiculous amount. And it's like, really, it's nothing compared to what we right. are following now. Um, it's actually yeah. a lot more freedom. Um, but yeah. my question to you would be: Is do you think that um those laws, like like, should we put those laws in the Old Testament? If we were, let's say, we were to start a new country, right? And would yes. we take? Yeah the Old Testament and just directly apply it to, you know, I, I, as it's stated in the Old Testament, directly apply it to, you know, the society that we're in or the culture, the country that we're in. Um, uh, it, yes and no. Mm -hmm. um, what, what I think what would happen, what would happen um, 
is if you started a nation, you would begin with a covenant between the people uh, and God. Okay. And say, Lord, uh, and it would be, you know, a covenant that this nation will be founded upon God's law. We will follow God's law. We will recognize Christ as king. Um, we recognize him as king now, and our government will, ref- will reflect that knowledge. And so what will happen is instead of walking around with, you know, I mean, you'll have you'll have a constitution, um, you'll have a document, you'll have a found you'll have founding documents, but what's going to happen is um, it's going to come down to whatever you can prove in court. Uh, so you, you the citizenry will read through the Bible, they'll become familiar with it, they'll become familiar with God's law, and uh, the p- law will be preached from not only from the pulpits but from the government actually, because that's actually a role of the government is to make God's law known to the people. Okay. And so you'll 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 have them probably start off with elections like judges of ten, um, and then and then this is an example. You don't have to do this, but then those judges of ten will will choose from them a, a judge of fifty, and those fit, the judges of fifty will choose from them a judge of a hundred, and, and just keep on going up until you reach, um, you know, uh, the ta- the head judge or the top judge. You even call you could even call him a king, whatever title you want to give. Okay. Um, uh, but the responsibility of whoever's at the top is always the same, is to judge by God's law. That was Solomon's request when God said, what, what do you want? And Solomon said, give me wisdom to, to judge to judge these people. He didn't ask her, like, you know, I, I want some new laws or, you know, I don't, I don't want strength or gold or money or whatever. He, he said, give me wisdom to judge these people because he realized what his responsibility was. And, 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 and when they talk about his wisdom, did they not point to his ability to judge the people? They said he was so wise he was judging people without two or three witnesses. Right. Was able to figure out. He was able to figure out cases without two or three witnesses. Um, so in that situation, you'd have people familiar with the law, and um, so let's say uh, someone says, "Well, okay, I'm going to enforce the you can't you can't wear two types of wool." Okay, mm-hmm. I'm going to follow it, and I'm going to take my neighbor to court when he wears two types of wool. But the problem with that is there's no penalty for wearing two types of wool, two types of uh, um, uh, two types of material. So you can't really punish that, right? There are some laws that, I mean, even the ones that are like, do we still enforce this or not? Is it still a sin? Most of them don't even carry penalties. Um, you know, you, right. you shall not let the hair grow past, you know, a certain part of your face. Well, okay, I'm I'm in this new country, and I'm going to start enforcing every aspect of God's law. He's not he's not cutting his hair. Okay, so now what? What do I do? Well, the judge can be like, okay, what? What do you want me to do? Like, find him? I can't find him because there's no penalty for it. <laughs> right. Right? So we're going with God's law here. So... Um, you have to ask yourself, okay, what's still a sin? And after you ask yourself, what's still a sin, you know, after Christ is resurrected, you have to ask yourself, what's the penalty for that sin? There, if there is no penalty, then you don't, you can't enforce it. If there is a penalty, then the person who's accusing is the one who has to carry it out, usually. Um, unless, it, you know, unless it's theft, right? Right, right. But the, the, problem, the problem in a theocratic state, the, the, the state will never be a victim of a crime. And that's where most of our crimes come from is actually the state victimizing itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've, you've sped down the road. No, 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 no victim, just the state, you know? Right. And right. a lot of the cases it's the people or the state against you. Right. And it's like, well, who, who's here? Excuse me. Well, it's this big, it's this big, um, gluttonous, um, bureaucracy that's accusing me. Are they a victim? No, but they're accusing me anyway. You know? Uh, so, sure. Um, the justice in God's law restricts it basically to a man against his neighbor. That's what you see is people bringing in their neighbors. And that seems to be the problems that they had 
that came from the inside. From the outside, you had armies attacking. But from the inside, their biggest problem was, seemed to be, uh, their neighbors bringing each other to court. Yeah. Um, so, so with that, you're, you're talking about like the, the beard thing and stuff. So, so what would you, so you're just saying those aren't sins anymore. What, what would the reason behind that be? Um, and there are some people who believe that that is still a sin to, to, to do that and to mix two types of cotton. Mm-hmm. I am willing to have that discussion. Um, I'm willing to have that discussion, uh, because the Bible doesn't say explicitly, okay, never mind on that. Um, mm. in some places it says, you know, like in Hebrews eight, it says, you know, the, the, the old law with its ordinances, uh, are about to be abolished. Okay. Um, all right, let's, let, let's assume that's let's talk about the whole thing. We know it's not talking about the whole thing because Paul, again, says the law is good if it's used lawfully. Um, right. but we know that there's some parts that are fulfilled. Mm-hmm. It's the same with the the first the first covenant or the first law, um, uh, you know when when God said uh, before man and woman before man sinned He said to them go and uh, be fruitful multiply and subdue the earth and fill it. Okay, that still applies even yeah. though even though the other part of it the other part of that law uh, was don't eat the fruit of the tree. Well, we can't apply the fruit of the tree right. anymore. We can't apply that. But we can apply the be fruitful, multiply, and subdue the earth. Okay, that's still applicable. Um, so even in the first one, there was things that don't apply anymore that we can't apply. And so uh, the law always has a feature of it that's still that's that's inapplicable. So um, so like like the the argument that the moral law is the only thing that's still applicable. Judicial, right? I'm saying oh, if, oh, sorry, if sorry, what sorry. if the argument yeah. that the moral law is the only thing that's still applicable. How would you like? Would you agree with that, or you would? I mean, no, it sounds like you no. would obviously say that. Yeah, that that's no, not true. No, because 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 justice because you can't have justice without punishment. Um, and uh, so somebody commits breaks the moral law. Well, how do we punish them? Right. Um. How, what What's the response right now? You know, for taxation, um, if I don't pay my taxes, I lose my house. If I just say that the moral law applies then I cannot possibly tell the government that is unjust that you take my house. I can't tell them that. They can right. say whatever they want as long as they're following the moral law. They can say to me, if you... Um, well, can't steal- you say it's stealing? Uh, taxation? Uh, I mean... Uh, like if I, if I don't pay my taxes? Y- yes. <laughs> or, um, well, I guess I guess you... If, depending if, on... If I, if I ignore what the law says, then yes, I can say it's stealing because, um, I mean, if the government, they can find whatever I want, whatever they want. Um, you know, if, if you just go with the moral law of God, just the moral law of God, you could say, I saw you envy that person. Now you're dead. Well, it's just the moral law, right? Right. The, the, the civil law never gives a death penalty for a thought crime. Right. But if we leave the government to define penalties right. outside of God's law, then they, then whoever says yes, it's just a moral law, cannot possibly condemn and say that's unjust. Interesting. Because they have to go back. They have to go back to the Bible where it says, um, you know, uh, it's basically it, wh- whatever you can prove in court with two or three witnesses. That's what's a capital offense. Is that's how a capital offense is punished. But if the state says no, 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 it's just the moral law. We're going to start defining who's who gets to die around here. Um, and we're just going to go with the moral law. Well, you lied. Now you're dead. You know, and that kind of stuff happened. Um, yeah, it's happened throughout history. Yeah. Um, and and, and it, it, it's the consequences are always dire. I'll give you, for example, back during the Regency years of England, they passed the law 
saying that highway robbery was a capital offense. If you steal from somebody, you know, this highway robbery that was happening, if you steal from someone, you're dead. That's a capital offense. Mm. So what happened was the consequence of that was murders went up because they said, okay, I stole from this guy. Now I'm dead. But there's a witness. So it doesn't matter if I kill him now because I'm dead anyway. Right. So I'm just going to kill him. Why not, why not throw him there? I'm dead yeah. anyway. Right? I stole from him, so I'm not going to kill him. So the consequence of, of people legislating outside of God's law always produces a problem worse than what they were trying to solve in the first place. And if, if I could just put it into a, a terms of um, Thomas Sowell, he, when he was talking about economics in his book, Basic Economics, he said, you know, the, the economic problems uh, that people try to solve, you know, you got you to think about the problem you're trying to solve with, with, the, with the solution that you give. He says, for example, in New York City, there's a big problem with parking. People are always looking for parking. We need parking spots. I need a place to park. And he said, well, well, how about this? Here's the solution. Let's level every building and just put up parking garages and have a whole city of parking garages. Now the problem's solved. We can, we can park anywhere. We can park anywhere. You got parking park all over the place. But what's the problem? There's no houses anymore. There's no buildings. There's no reason to be there in the first place. Right. So that, that's basically mankind legislating outside of God's law. You see a problem, you try to fix it, and what happens is you've made it worse because all the problems uh, in society have already been addressed by God. And where he is ambiguous, he left it that way on purpose because he wanted to give us freedom uh, to, to maneuver around it. Um, uh, he wanted to give us freedom to maneuver around it in a way that doesn't screw it up for everybody else. Because when you legislate, you screw it up for everyone. Everyone's got to follow it. But um, God's law has already addressed every sin that you can commit. It, it's already, and it said, this is a sin, it's just a sin. It said, this is a crime, and here's the punishment. And, and so if, we're, if I'm going to conclude that the law of the Lord is perfect, and that God tells me to do justly and love mercy, then I have to conclude that he's already given me enough information to do that and to carry it out, and the government too. So for people who said, well, it's just the moral law, it's just the moral law that still applies, then you can't possibly define justice because it's might makes right. And now you, you've just opened the door for tyranny. Okay. So what would you say? Do you, would you affirm the concept of positive law, though? Uh, like what do you mean? Like basically that there are laws that uh, are – not what, what was the way it was described? No, I, think he not, already, I think he already kind of clarified that he does. It'd be like a law, like like the like, like the like tree, the tree, yeah, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So the like law, a law, like that you was, said, a law that applied to then to them, but like you said, it doesn't, it cannot apply to us now. So there right. are certain laws, yeah, like that. So you would say that there are laws that applied in the past that don't apply to like don't apply today. Uh, yes, but all lies, all laws that have to do with justice still apply, because um, God still expects us to do justly and love mercy. Uh, he, he still expects us to do justice, and the Bible keeps talking about God. God has mm -hmm. chosen justice and righteousness over sacrifice. So that's how you would decide whether or not a law still applies, is whether it's what, dealing whether, with justice. Whether whether the problem is de 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 is is dealing with a sin that the Bible defines, um, is it still a sin to um, uh, not sacrifice to, to to not sacrifice? Because back then, if you did sacrifice, um, you know you, you were sinning. Uh, but today, we don't sacrifice anymore, so it's not a sin anymore. So I can't apply the the judicial element to that. 
I can't. But if someone commits adultery and God says, here's the penalty, okay, is adultery still a sin? Yes, then we got to follow the penalty. Is someone going to really tell me that it's no longer just? And and, and, and the, the people I talk to usually, I mean, it's like anything but God's law. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. I mean, right. do, yeah. do whatever you want. But I'm like, okay, the capital offense by stoning. Oh, no, not that. Oh, because then we'll be legalists. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, man's law is not legalistic. Yeah, please. Right, right. Man's law is not legalistic. That that bugs me to no end. I, that, and, that, and what happens? Go, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, I was just going to say that that is an interesting, the the stoning uh, part of it. I mean, I, w- I kind of want to ask you that about that, uh, but... If uh, if you're done, I mean, what else, what else were you going to say? I didn't mean to interrupt you. Uh, I was just going to say that what happens is when I when I talk uh, uh, about God's law, and this happened recently, I was on a Facebook discussion with someone, a guy I respect a lot because he does a lot of anti-abortion ministry. He's very uh-huh. effective. Um, but he was he was arguing uh, with me, and we we're talking about the law of God, and his his whole thing was, you know, it's all about the law of Christ now. And uh, and I accused him of thinking that the law was a bad idea. And uh, the law of God's a bad idea. It's right, a dumb right. idea then. It's a dumb idea now. He said, "Oh no, no, you're bearing false witness. I don't believe it's a dumb idea." Then we then we talked a little bit more. And then he said to me, um, "Exodus 21 allows your daughter to sell it allows you to daughter to sell your daughter into slavery. Are mm-hmm. you cool with that?" And I said, "See, there it is. There it is. You think it's a dumb right, idea? Right, right. There it is. It's like it always comes out. Eventually, when push comes to shove, people who don't." believe the law of god first the first thing that they the first thing they conclude is if i say anything positive about the law what i come across is oh you think the law is good for a justification and it's never about that the law is never there to save and the more you keep the law around the more it reminds you that it can't save you if you right. keep man's law around the more you're reminded oh yes i can be delivered yes i can if i follow man's law enough then i will be saved but the more law you have in your life the more you realize and reminded that I can't do this by myself. I need God's law in my life to put me to Christ. And the more it's in society, the better off we are. Um, and uh, and so that's what I usually get whenever I say something positive about God's law. I'm like, yeah, I believe in God's law. I'm like, oh, you want it for justification. That usually usually happens. Eventually it gets there. Um, and second thing is the people I'm arguing against, they've already concluded that God's law is just a dumb idea. Yeah. And and and, and it was it was bad back then. And it's bad now. And if we do it now, it's a bad idea. Man's law, yeah, we're enlightened now. Good idea. Whatever. Maybe it is. Maybe it isn't. But I, here's one thing I know: God's law is a bad idea, and it always comes out. Interesting. So, yeah, because I, I mean, I know I've run run into that with people too. Whenever I bring up this topic, people go, "Well, that's that stuff's kind of crazy." You know, like it's crazy to affirm those things, such as stoning or. Uh, you know, like, I mean, uh, there's, there's a lot of other things as well that people could look at and say, nowadays, that would be crazy to do. Um, but like, you mean like killing 60 million dead children is not crazy. We've made peace with, (laughs) we've made, I mean, please, please tell me we'd be killing more people than we're killing right now Mm -hmm. in peacetime. Please tell me that if we implemented God's law, we'd be killing more people. Please 60 million, 80 million, we're probably at the 80, 90 million people by now. That we've killed of our own of our most innocent people at least in god's uh, god's system you're actually killing something called a criminal yeah someone who's worthy of death and 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 i got people i'm getting this argument but like what's well, a bad idea all the people would die. we're killing people right now dude we're, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're killing their own most innocent citizens and yeah. you want to stick with this mm. it's insane it is yeah no and, that is people people don't consider like when romans makes the claim the law came in to increase the trespass but where sin abounded, grace abounded all the more. So if you want more grace, 
You got to have more law. Right. That's not my argument. That's Paul's arguments. That's Paul's argument. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh but so like how do you address like when when you come across things like that in in the Old Testament laws that are you know difficult nowadays to kind of I guess stomach, you know, or it's like man, that seems really harsh. You how do you approach something like that? Like do you just straight up say, "All right, well that's that's it." You know, well, I mean, that's what it says yeah. and um, I mean, there's a couple things to consider, like as, as far as stoning goes, I mean, I, I, I've said this before, but I, I don't want to stone anyone. I don't want to be stoned. I don't want to see anyone get stoned. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a horrible thing. Um, but here's one thing I will say, God had the opportunity to institute something, um, less barbaric. They had swords, they had rope. He could have done hanging, he could have done beheading. They had arrows, he could have done firing squad. But God mm -hmm. chose stoning for a reason. It's not like there were a bunch of barbarians back then with just sticks and rocks. Um, he chose stoning. And I think one of the reasons, I mean, uh, the, the, the jurisprudence behind stoning is, is simply brilliant. That the accusers have to be the ones to throw the first stone. 90% of our court problems would go away if we had stoning. Just 90% would be gone. All the lawyers who were like trying to get wins under their belt, if they're the ones accusing... And the judge said, okay, you think he's guilty? Pick up the stone and throw it at him. Most of them would be like, no way. No, I think he's guilty, but I don't think he's that guilty. There's not enough evidence yeah. for me to, to, to be convicted. Because stoning requires massive conviction. No one's just going to get up and be like, okay, I want to stone this person. Right now, you, you, you can get mad at somebody. Um, you can get mad at somebody. And um, you can wish jail upon them. Uh and uh, it's it's no big deal. You could just like you know someone cuts you off. You're like, I wish that person would go to jail for the rest of his life. But if you got mad at somebody and and the uh, the penalty was stoning, you couldn't just be like, well, I'm mad at you, so here I'm going to do. It. I mean, is this a public event in front of everyone? It cannot be done lightly. So only the extreme cases would ever be prosecuted. And again, it's two or three witnesses. So it's not just you. It's you and two other people. Yeah. But right now, if you have hearsay, that's enough to put someone away for life. Circumstantial evidence is enough to put someone away for life. It's ridiculous and insane. And it's unjust. The mercy of the wicked is cruel. That's what the Bible says. And so anytime we institute a system that's outside of God's uh, judicial system, we start to implement the mercy of the wicked. And the claim of the Bible is that the mercy of the wicked is cruel. And... Um, and another thing we need to remember is anytime that I'm horrified by stoning, which everyone should be horrified by stoning, it should be a horrible, terrible event that nobody forgets. Right. Um, what's actually worse is the crime that warrants it. And that's, that's where we've made peace with. We're like, you know what? I would rather commit adultery than stone someone. Mm -hmm. I'd rather, I'd rather people commit adultery than, than, than be punished for their crimes. I'd rather people kill people. I'd rather people rape people than, 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 than have mm -hmm. stoning implemented. And that is wickedness. God is trying to remind us, I believe, God is trying to remind us, you know what's worse than this barbaric thing that you're doing is the sin that requires it. And we need to, that's what we need to get into our heads, that we should be more horrified by adultery, we should be more horrified by rape, we should be more horrified by murder than we are of stoning but right now we're more horrified by stoning because we've made peace with the wickedness wow that's pretty convicting actually <laughs> that's really good that's good yeah and back to kind of what you were saying originally which i thought was just a 
good idea. You know, you said the separate run from other thing. Like this, this idea of yeah, going back to the beginning. Something has to change, right? Yeah, we we can't just go back to the beginning because we're gonna make the same mistakes, right? Again. Um, yeah, so, with the Constitution, correct, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's a I think that's a great point. But the, the question is, and you know, I think this is where we can kind of not end, but draw closer to it. Um, how do we do all this? Because I've, I've had many conversations with people on theonomy and, or yeah, and, yeah, uh, having a theocracy. And the question that has always kind of stumped me, and I did read the um, end of your book, but so I know the answer, but I wanted you to expand on it. But what do we do now? Um, and that, that was kind of a question that always stumped me, but I thought you had a great answer for it. So could you kind of expound on that? So, so what's the answer? How do we get there? Um, uh, yeah, so like as I said in my book, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm going to repeat myself, uh, Jackson, but um, right. what I said in my book was, you know, for the Reformation to happen, nobody knew that what needed to happen was Martin Luther, uh, a professor of theology at Wittenberg, needed to nail 95 theses to, to, to the door. That's no, nobody was up there saying what we need is someone to nail ninety five theses to the door. Uh, I can't, I can't give you some grand master plan, and, and and I can't tell you that you know what needs to happen for the war for independence is a bunch of people need to dress up like Indians and toss a bunch of tea overboard. <laughs> right. um, you know, I mean, I mean that wasn't the big thing, but that was one of the contributing factors, uh, or that someone named Thomas Paine needs to distribute a pamphlet. You know, I can't tell you what 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 the catalyst is going to be for 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 serious change to happen in this nation we we might just be persecuted out here it's happened before north africa used to be a heavily christianized area now north africa is incredibly pagan and uh islamic mm-hmm. obviously the persecution worked they got they got them out of there they left um you know christianity can be persecuted out of an, uh, the, the blood of the martyrs is not always to see the church sometimes the blood of the martyrs is just complete death and destruction and christianity is gone and now everybody suffers um for for hundreds of years uh, so I can't give like, oh, here's what needs to happen. You need to write your local congressman, and we need to do this and move to a state and take over the politics. Perhaps, perhaps I'm I'm, I'm open to anything. I, mm-hmm. I I don't think that there's one thing that we can guarantee that we get a godly and righteous society or government around here, right? Because even a godly and righteous government's not going to guarantee a godly and righteous society. You got to have a godly and righteous family and a godly and righteous church, and they all have to they have to help each other. They have to feed each other. All the governments have to feed each other, especially starting with self-government. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I do believe, my personal belief is that America is going to balkanize, um, that this behemoth of tyranny and wickedness is going to eat itself to death. Mm-hmm. And uh, a bunch of people, a bunch of political entities are going to realize, okay, what do we do now? And I think many new countries are going to be started. That's just what I think. And I, my hope is that there will be enough Christians in an area to control what kind of government is set up. That's my prayer. That there will be. I don't, even, dude. I don't even care if it's Rhode Island. I mean, <laughs> just, I, I just, I, I'm hoping that there is a place that has. And I think this is. I mean, I, I say this with, uh, with, with. Um, I say this uh, seriously, but um, I think what's happening in Moscow, Idaho is, Idaho is a good thing. There's a Christian culture developing, there. Mm-hmm. and if I were to guess. That's where the problems are going to start because the government's going to start targeting them. They're going to say no, and just like the war for independence was a defensive maneuver, the reformation of American government, I believe, will be a defensive maneuver. It will not be aggressive. Right. Not like the not like the storming of the Bastille. Interesting. The government will 
this is my guess. The government will tell the Christian population, you got to do X. The Christian population will say no. The government will attack them. And that's when the, that's when the fighting is going to start. That's my guess. Um, but uh, one thing that people can do now first, I mean, I, I, I want to stay away from like we'll read more books, but Matt Trell in his book of the uh, the um, uh, the doctrine of the lesser magistrate is a great way to teach you how to use your local resources because he points out in his book that your local resources are way more powerful than you think they are. That the, the the sheriff has a lot of authority that he's just not using. Um, so one of the things I recommend, like what can we do now? Well, get to know your local sheriff um, and encourage him. I mean, it's, it's probably not going to work because I mean, most sheriffs are less like sheriffs and more like politicians nowadays. Yeah. But um, uh, get to know your local sheriff and encourage him to stand up because he has that authority. Not only does he have power, but he has authority. He has probably more authority than he has power. But he has authority to stand up to the government, and to the federal government to say, you cannot enforce your laws here. You can't. I have the authority, and if anyone, and that's happened before. Um, a, a couple of years ago, the feds were going to were going to descend upon a farm, and I forget where the, the farm was. They're going to descend upon a farm because this guy was selling raw milk, and the sheriff sent um, a letter or or it's made it somehow known, and he told the government, the federal government, if anyone steps a foot on that man's property, they will be arrested, mm. and the government back the government backed off. Wow, because they knew he had the authority to do it. But most of the sheriffs we have nowadays are spineless, and they're only there to enforce the government tyranny. And the doctrine of the lesser magistrate is to point out that the responsibility of um, the, the lesser magistrates is to actually defend us, not to be the arm of enforcement. They're supposed to defend us. And I think Matt Turell has had a lot of success in waking up a lot of sleeping giants around this nation for them to go and defend the people. So I would say probably the most practical thing you can do is, is get and read his book, the doctrinal less magistrates that'll teach you and equip you to, to, to do things locally. Um, but long-term, I believe the long-term solution we've got to be fostering in our churches and in our families, um, uh, a love for, uh, you know, we've got to be teaching the scriptures again, that God, when he's getting on Israel's case, he's like, you guys keep doing the little things. You guys keep doing the worship. You keep doing the uh, the ceremonies. You keep doing the sacrifices. I don't want that. I want you to do justice. We need to foster this idea that the Bible does address justice. It does have something to say. It's the first, final, only authority on justice. We need to be teaching us each other that so that when the time comes, and it is, and it becomes time to start a new nation, as our forefathers were. The Puritans were strong enough to start a new nation. Many people started new nations, descended into chaos. But when we started a new nation, we had enough spiritual capital. We need to build up that spiritual capital in our lives, in our families, and teach our children in our churches that God's law is the ultimate standard. It's not the Constitution. The Constitution is usable. Constitution is good in some areas, but a lot of the things we have nowadays are actually a result of following the Constitution. All the laws, the millions of laws that we have, the Constitution gives the legislator the authority to do that. Um, but we need to be fostering the spirit in our families, in our lives, in our churches, that, you know what, I see that the Constitution says that it is the supreme law of the land. That's all well and good. Congratulations, Constitution. But actually, God's law is the supreme law of the land and we need to be living like that living like it is like yeah i we we, we need to repent and 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 when i say repent it doesn't mean like get down your knees uh, um, but repent in the greek meant like metanoia right new mind 
get a new mind. Get a new mind about God's law. That God's law is not just a suggestion. Um, because when 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 it's when you're serving two masters, one becomes a law and one becomes a suggestion. Right now, Christians are in the operation under the belief that God's law is a suggestion and that man's law is something we have to follow. Oh, Romans 13. Uh, but it's actually the opposite. Man's law is a suggestion. Thank you, government. Congratulations. Thank you for the suggestion. But I'm going to go with God's law. Right. And I'm going to teach my kids that God's law is superior to your law. And I'm going to teach my sheriff that and I'm going to teach uh, my church that. Amen. Amen, man. Well, that was a really good conversation. But you know that thing that stinks is you, the listener, if you weren't a patron, you missed out on uh, even more better, com- well, I wouldn't say better, but even more great conversation. So if you aren't already a patron, we really would recommend that you become one because um, you're going to be missing things like that. It's only $3 a month and you get that extended episode plus a lot of other cool content. Um, also, we would ask if you can't contribute financially or you just don't have the desire to at the moment um we would also ask that you leave a rating and review because that really helps um our podcast so thank you guys we also um would like to uh address our sponsors squatch away uh use the use the code srb2023 on go to the website use that code and you will get 10 percent off your entire purchase so now uh before we close we do this little segment called um rex we where we recommend some stuff um not we don't recommend stuff we recommend stuff um there there is a story behind that um and i don't think either of us remember what it was but that's the way that it turned out so do you have anything uh luke that you'd like to uh for people to check out anything that you've enjoyed um there is a movie um called the jack bull uh, which is an HBO okay. original that, that came out back in the. I'm a, I'm a big movie buff, so um, <laughs> I, I, the first thing I go to is movies. But um, <laughs> the Jack Bull is a movie about. It's I think it's loosely based on a loosely true story. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but it's 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 about a man who leaves. It's about it's, it's set in the Wild West. I think like Wyoming territory before they were like really set up, and so they have problems with marshals. They have problems with judges because it's so big and you know the government was so limited that the access to justice was limited so um it's about a man who who's traveling to sell horses but as he's trying to travel to across the territories he comes across somebody's land and the man says well you have the man he's trying to get through is saying you have to pay to get through here and uh the guy's like well I got to sell my horses. I can't pay you until I sell my horses. And he's like, well, I'll tell you what, leave those horses, leave two horses here with me and I'll make sure you get them when you come back. And, uh, when he comes back to get the horses, the horses are, are, um, are abused and neglected. They're not as beautiful as they were. And the man that he left to watch over, uh, the horses while he was gone was abused and attacked and bullied and was run off the property. And so his desire to get justice was was refused because the judge was in cahoots with the guy who abused his horses. And so the rest of the movie is about him forcing people to give him justice. And it makes you think about, I mean, if you're a fan of, if you love God's law, it makes you look at the movie and say, okay, well, how would God's law address these problems? And the God's law would, would have been so superior to the way they dealt with it because hmm. in the end i can't i don't want to spoil the end but if they had followed god's law they never would have got the the, the ending that they did That's and, interesting. Um, 
Yeah, very yes, very interesting uh, movie. Very well acted. John Cusack, John Goodman. Uh, it's called the the Jack Bull, which is a combination of the pit bull and a Jack Russell. Okay. Oh, okay. It, it's also yeah, it's it's cool when movies do that, where like they're not they're obviously not intending that route, right? Like like they're not obviously they're obviously not saying, oh well, if they would have used God's law. But it's cool when you can watch a movie and then see like oh they don't even realize this but it's there you know right uh, right yeah, that's yes. really cool and, and it makes it makes you ask what is justice and and it's the same with i don't know if you guys have ever seen have you guys seen the godfather we haven't we no. haven't i we know what it is okay the 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 godfather in the beginning of that movie and this is something you know my dad got me and my siblings hooked on you know being movie buffs because my dad would ask these questions his question the godfather is it starts off with a undertaker going to see the godfather because two guys abused his daughter and and he went to the police and the police wouldn't come police wouldn't do anything for him um and so he went to the godfather the mob he went to the mafia to get and he says for justice i will go to the godfather and you're like okay if he's going to this crooked person for justice mm then what is justice yeah if he if, if he can't go to the people who are supposed to deliver it you have to ask you have to ask yourself that question hmm. and that's what i like about the jack bull is like okay what is the just what is justice in this and john goodman oh you're just gonna love john goodman in that film okay just, i i love john goodman in that film you're, just, you're gonna get goosebumps just watching john goodman doing his thing it's okay. great, really that's, great that's thing. awesome yeah we should uh, we should check that out well, I would like to recommend your book, Luke Saint's book, The Sound Doctrine of Theocracy. Ah, you took my recommendation. <laughs> like, I, I haven't read the whole thing. I've read bits and pieces, but I, and this isn't just because we had you on the podcast. I really think what I've seen from, it's just so precise and simple. You take, you know, a chapter and you explain something and it's just very, it's, it's like, yeah, a, I really appreciate like a, the way it's, it's like, done. Yeah. It's like a systematic theology, how in system, you know, you have like a topic, you can just go to that topic, boom, see what you have to say about it, you know? Um, and so I really appreciate how organized and formatted it is. Uh, it's really, yeah, it's Good. really, it's Thanks. really nice. So I think for, for someone's first book, especially like, I mean, yeah, I, I, it's really, really good. I mean, like this is, yeah, it's just perfect. Like it's the perfect uh, okay, it's okay. Perfect type of book. Yeah, yeah. I, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Best, best book ever. <laughs> it's a, it's a, no, it's it is. It's really good though. I think it's I, I yeah. The I really appreciate like the simplistic. Just here's a topic, and you even have some topics in there that I'm like I when I was looking through, I was like, oh, he addresses that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't expect him to address it. You know, well, so yeah, it's, I think that's really, it makes it more interesting yeah. when you see when you see that. It's like oh, oh, that's yeah. He's like Something addressing every little thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, also, the movie Twelve Angry Men, talking about law and everything. That is a, that's a really mm-hmm. good original yes, movie. It is. Um, yeah, it is a very good movie. Yeah, just questioning the. What do you think about that system. movie, Luke? Do you think that because I hated that movie when I well, watched it? No, no, no. You didn't hate the movie. You hated the outcome. I, yeah, I did. I really disliked the outcome because at the start, the guy, I felt like the the first guy to assume the kid's innocence was like be using his emotions more than like he was very he was just throwing out like well what if the kid you know was really hurt in this way and i was sitting there like okay that is not how you you know decide a a court case and maybe that's the point i didn't i couldn't tell if that was the point of what they were trying to trying to say is like look how this guy kind of got everyone on his side and he started off with something that was really not like yeah no evidence. I, I didn't 
I didn't like his 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 whatabouts and whatabouts and, and you know yeah. what, what suppose suppose he did or suppose he didn't. I, I mean, I would have gone about it a different way, um, you know, because I think even the one juror said, "Well, suppose the roof falls down on our heads." I mean, you know what? What you know, <laughs> we can sit around supposing all day if you want. Right, right, exactly. You know, that's not the point of what we're trying to do. I, 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 I don't know why that was put in there, um, but. Uh, and, and I think it was uh, that was a lot of fluff, and I just think it was a good way to go about it. But I mean, at the end of the day, you sh- if to convict somebody, I think the point of that film is really, and one of the points of that film that it drives home, I think, is really good, is that unless you are a hundred percent certain about something, you shouldn't find. I mean, the, the principle of guilty until proven innocent is so strong in that movie yeah. that unless you are a hundred percent certain um about this person's guilt then you just let them go just just, just let them go unless you know without a, beyond a shadow of a doubt that this person is guilty you gotta let them right. go right you know, I, the yeah. onus is on you not to not to prove that he's not because in, in the beginning of the film they all knew he wasn't innocent but none of them knew that he was that he was guilty and right. uh, that's that was the difference at big be- at the beginning they changed it from okay we know he's not innocent but we, we we don't know that he's guilty, and at the end of the, the 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 day, it was okay. We know he's not guilty, and therefore he's innocent, and that was the right way to look at it. Right? Yeah, that's a. I I thought it was like if they had left that part out, it's a very interesting movie. You know, just it was like just those little pieces where he threw in stuff that was like, dude, you're basing this all off your emotions. I'd be very impressed yeah. if you were able to switch everyone over just by questioning and saying. Well, we're not a hundred percent sure, you know, on all this. Yeah, like right, that makes right, a lot. Yeah, of it's sense. just the important. Like, I think that's a part of the point too. Is just yeah, showing the importance of what they're doing. Like accusing someone of, you know, right, just right. just very simply. Like, think about what you're doing. This is a serious thing. Yeah. Like you're saying with the stoning. That's why you know. Right. That's why yes. that was and implemented. That, um, because that, it's a serious issue. Because it's a serious issue, but that also demonstrates the inferiority of American jurisprudence. Because those jurors at the end of the day they don't have to deal with the consequences of their decision right they don't put the guy in prison they don't feed him every day yeah they don't they don't put him to death they go home and they go to bed right you know and and so if if they don't have a dog in the race and they shouldn't be deciding the guy's fate right yeah you know what i'm saying yeah they're just picking random people yeah yeah exactly and so the judges who are judging over these people they're from you they're your neighbor the people that you know there's a dog in the race they can't just be like, okay, well, whatever, you know, that's what the law says. See you later. No, you got to deal, and you got to go back to the people that you've judged over, and you got to face them because they're your neighbors, and that's what you need. You need judges like that from among you, as it says in the Bible. And 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 the whole idea of a jury is unjust because these people do not have to face the consequences. If you would have said to most of the juries who could put someone to death, okay, pick up the stone and throw it at them, they'd be like, no way. Okay, I don't think he's that guilty. Anyway, yeah. rant over about the <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I no, that's good. That's a good point. Um, okay, so, so I guess I have to recommend something. Um, yeah, you haven't given any. I, have I recommended that you guys try Chick Fil A's frosted coffee and you get the uh, the cookie pieces in there? Have See, I? I don't think that? we have. I think we talked about the chocolate because you can get the pump of chocolate in there, but we did not know. I at least I didn't until recently that you can also get cookie crumbles in there. Get the co- you can't get both. They don't allow you to yes, get you both. Can. Not you on can? the app. Not on the app. If you oh, drive through and ask them for it, they will do it. You cannot do it on the app. You can only get one or other, on the, or the other. Well, but. I am just saying. I think once you try their frosted coffee with the cookie crumbles in them, it's like cookies and cream crumbles. 
you will not go back. I think that is the best way to have uh, their frosted coffee because it's more like a cookies and cream milkshake, but it's right. coffee. It's so good. Hmm. So I know I actually haven't tried it yet. Uh, I've tried it with the chocolate pump, but I, I have not tried it with the Have you tried yet. that, Luke? In my adult life, I have never ordered anything with coffee. <gasps> okay. I don't like I don't like I don't like coffee ice cream. I don't like double dunker from Turkey Hill. I don't oh, like no. 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 What have you said? Luke, we 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 like you so much and then you throw this at First us that you First it's McDonald's and next listen, listen, the rest the rest of my family they swear by double dunker. And they always yes. whenever I'm at an event they're like, oh, your ice cream. I'm like, yes. And they're like, double dunker. I'm like, oh, crap. But uh, <laughs> oh. They, they, the, the rest of my family, you, you'd love them. They they love double dunker by, 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 by Turkey Hill. Oh, but I just, I, that, that coffee taste is in there. I'm like, I'm done. I'm finished. I don't like the coffee taste. Literally, I literally found that one day. And from that day on, it has been my favorite ice cream. So that's, yeah, most people who love like it, nobody likes it. They all love it. Anyone who, if if you like it, you love it. Yeah, it's, it's true because it's so good. I mean, <laughs> you have no other it choice. Really good. But yeah, so you just don't like. Do you like the smell of coffee? Oh yeah, you're like our dad. Then that's our dad is the same way. He doesn't like the taste of coffee, but he he loves the smell of it. Oh so, yeah, interesting. Mm. Everyone can agree, I guess, that the smell of coffee is good. I've never met yeah, anyone I, who I, doesn't like the smell of coffee. Me neither. No, yeah, nor have I. Very interesting. Hmm. All right. Is that is that it, Alex? Just um, the frosted coffee. Yeah, I guess I recommend you guys try also from Chick Fil A their uh, their new sandwich. I haven't tried it yet, so I just want to you know I want to know. But it's the it's it's a chicken sandwich with pimento cheese. Is that yeah. what it's called, Jackson? Um, like it's one it's, an it's added, new so it must be good right right i actually talked to uh, my girlfriend shout out and she she told me it's her favorite thing from chick-fil-a now she had it once so huh. wait, wait, wait so <laughs> i didn't i i didn't i hadn't even contemplated this earlier but so luke you you actually just claimed earlier that mcdonald's is better than chick-fil-a you you made that statement and saying that it's the most delicious food you've ever had uh i, I you know i didn't say that um <laughs> i a second hang on a second i didn't say that the people of the united the people of the west have said that all right people of the west have said that it's it's i don't want to i don't want to take responsibility for what the majority claims it's it's not me as many of us and, and we're, we're we're reproducing every day and and soon we'll be an army and and we'll we'll unite to establish you know, we have a legislator, so may as well make the oh. land the best. The best <laughs> food is the McDonald's double cheeseburger. Whoa! Do you like Chick Fil A sandwich is better than chicken nuggets? Oh my gosh! Do you like? Do you like the uh, like the fries from McDonald's better than the fries from Chick Fil A? Oh man, I thought about that question a lot, and I I have to say yes, 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 I do, I do. The waffle fly fries are good. Credit to the waffle flies. I mean, you, you make a strong number two there, but number one. I mean, Jim Gaffigan, his his whole bit on McDonald's French fries, like your mom has never made anything as good as McDonald's French fry. He's like, don't even try, don't even try to say do you, McDonald's French fries. Right? Well, well, do they, you think they've changed though? Oh, I, I definitely know changed. They've changed everything, but it's still it's still good. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, twenty years ago, I loved them. Today, I still love them. Um, you what? know, it's 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 unbelievably good. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, and, and Gaffigan also talks about the bonus fries. I mean, that alone right there, 
You know, yeah, it's you, true. You, you look into the bag <laughs> and you're like, oh, the extra ones. Yes. And you're like, I mean, it's like brings a small amount of joy into your life. That's you true. Know? Yeah, and and with uh, with the Chick Fil A, it's like the exact opposite because you see another one, and then it's like those big fat ones with all of the like that are more like I like I whole potato, and it's like I don't want that, you know. But with McDonald's, you have evenly cut fries and extra, so yeah, it, it adds to. It. I think the real I think the real deal breaker is that McDonald's fries are not going to taste good with the Chick Fil A sauce. So if you're using ketchup, um, for both of them, I'd say McDonald's is better. But when it comes, I really like using Chick-fil-A sauce. So if you're using Chick-fil-A sauce as your dip, I say the Chick-fil-A rules. I, I've heard so many positive arguments for the Chick-fil-A sauce. I, I respect it now. I actually respect the arguments for Chick-fil-A sauce. I don't I don't get anyone's way. You like Chick-fil-A sauce, that's, that's fine. Bless you, my brother, and go your way. But um, I just think, you know, this uh, Chick-fil-A sauce is gone. Where do we go? Oh, we got to go to McDonald's, man. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. All right. Well, um, thank you to our listeners. Uh, shout out to our uh, patrons, the people who get to listen to the intro to our episode and the outro. Uh, we have Chris, AJ, Cage, Katie, Diane, and Jordan. Um, we love you guys. Thank you so much. One of them is our brother. And uh, <laughs> so, you know. You don't need to tell people yeah, that. Alex. Shout out to him. Uh, but thank you guys for uh, paying us to, to make this. It's actually a huge blessing. Um, thank you, Luke, for coming on and talking to us about. Uh, uh, your book and hopefully we can have you on again sometime uh, I have a lot of other questions you know I'd like to ask so I would love it I had a blast thanks awesome. so much for giving me the opportunity absolutely thanks, man we really appreciate it um, yeah so until next time fear God and keep his commandments and Jeff Durbin needs to come on our podcast as well yeah, yeah.